today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Some arena news out of Palm Springs, and Gil Martin joins the program to talk about the New York Islanders. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How's everyone doing today? It is Thursday, and I just want to say hello to all you hockey fans out there. And we didn't have hockey yesterday, but we have hockey again today, tonight. It is Game 6 between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hello everyone, welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, presented by rockauto.com. I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, here to talk hockey with you through this still, I guess, playoff run for three teams remaining now. And we still are at least a couple of months away from having any Ducks news, but we're going to press on and still talk some hockey today. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you like the program, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me at StimpyJD. So we're going to get right into the program today and just want to briefly mention once again, there are a lot of wildfires out there. There's a lot of smoke in the air, especially up in the foothills near uh, the Mount Wilson fire, or rather the Bobcat fire, and the El Dorado fire. So for those of you that are very close to those areas, just make sure to stay safe out there, wear your mask, not only, you know, for COVID reasons, but also for smoke inhalation reasons. That smoke can get very, very um, dangerous, especially where there's a lot of ash. And for me personally, that's why I have a short segment coming up, and that's partially why Gil is going to come on today's show is, you know, I inhaled some of the smoke. I've been coughing a little bit, not because of COVID. Don't worry, guys. Now, there's just a lot of smoke in the air. So that's why Gil is going to come on later today. Uh, Let's talk some news out of Palm Springs. Uh, This came up Wednesday night, and this has to do with the Seattle Kraken's change in plans for their AHL franchise in Palm Springs. So, Palm Springs is still going to build an arena. Well, no, not anymore, question mark? Yeah. Um, So the site in downtown is no longer viable, but they did find a different site in Palm Desert. And I'm going to quote uh, from the press release that took place yesterday, or yeah, Wednesday. And I'm going to read, pretty much paraphrase the first part of it. Talks broke down between the Oakview Group, or OVG, and the Agua Caliente tribal leaders. So because of that, the downtown arena in Palm Springs is pretty much dead now. And yes, the virus did have a lot to do with this, but there was also some possibilities that this might not happen before. So going back to February, there was a delay in the groundbreaking, which I was looking forward to attending that. There was a groundbreaking that was to take place around February or March, So at first it was February, it was delayed, they said possibly March, then COVID happened. So that groundbreaking was, uh, I guess now canceled in downtown Palm Springs. Great, alright. So now, we're looking at Palm Desert as an option. So I'm going to read this part directly from the press release as my dog's looking at me. Quote, located on 43.35 acres of land at I-10 and Cook Street in Riverside County, 
The arena will be more than 300,000 square feet and feature 10,000 plus seats and include modern suites and premium hospitality clubs. It will be the home of the Seattle Kraken's AHL team and will include an adjoining facility that will serve as a year-round community gathering space and the training center for the AHL team. As was previously announced in September 2019, the arena was originally to be located on 16 acres of tribal land in downtown Palm Springs belonging to the Agua Caliente Band of Cahuila Indians, a federally recognized Indian tribe. End quote. So that's where the arena is going to be located. As far as the negotiations, well, this is where it got a little bit interesting. And this is also going to come from the press release towards the end of it. Quote, After more than a year of good faith negotiations, we were unable to finalize an agreement with the Agua Caliente tribal leaders for OVG to lease, develop, and operate the privately funded arena. We appreciate the ongoing support and encouragement from the community and are very pleased to be partnering with the Berger Foundation, who share our vision for creating a world-class venue for the Coachella Valley and what will be one of the most premier music and professional sports arenas in the world. End quote. And that quote comes directly from Tim Laiwiki, who is the CEO of Oak View Group. So what does this mean? Well, this means that the arena wouldn't be set to open in time for next season. In fact, the earliest this new arena would open would be 2022 to 2023. So what does that mean for 2021? Assuming that the Kraken are going to play next, not this coming season, but the following season, then the Seattle Kraken would have one year of all of their, I guess, farm team players. They'd be playing scattered across different teams across the country. We might have a situation that we haven't had in a while where you're going to have players joining one team or two teams or maybe a joint agreement for one season, uh, similar to the Ontario Reign where they had the both the um, LA Kings and the Winnipeg Jets prospects on their pipeline, both on one team. I suspect we're going to have something similar where you're going to have one AHL team house prospects for two teams. In fact, this might happen for multiple teams. So that is something to look out for. As far as the new site is concerned, it's not a bad location. It is directly off the I-10. On one side, the exit is Cook Street. On the other side, even though it's the longer way, the exit would be Washington Street, both in Palm Desert, which is a growing area. It is a superb, superb place and a great uh, suburban area from Palm Springs. As far as where exactly they're going to build the arena, it's going to be built adjacent to the classic club in Palm Desert, which is literally right off the freeway. And there are already hotels there. There's already a hospital there. They already have some of the facilities ready to go for housing the players that are visiting from around the country. They have a Fairfield Inn. They have the Hampton. They have the suites there. Plenty of hotel space for the players out there. So they really just need to develop that area adjacent to the Classic Club, which is sitting empty. It has been sitting empty, God, for ages, it seems like. I believe they were thinking about expanding that golf club, possibly. And there is also the uh, preserve out there. I believe it is the Coachella Valley Preserve that's out there to the north. But to the south of the golf course, there is nothing right now. That'd be a perfect spot for an arena. So those are the news coming out of Palm Springs. Um, I know a lot of people across the country are not 
totally aware of the news going on in Palm Springs right now, but this could be another California AHL team, another place to visit. We all, like I said before, we already have Ontario. Henderson is going to be in there. San Diego, Bakersfield. Add Palm Desert to the list of AHL arenas to check out. So there you go. We're going to head into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com, where they have all the parts your car will ever need. Maybe you need parts for your modern Toyota Prius, or maybe you want to go really classic. Maybe you want some parts for that Marlin. Maybe you want, I don't know, an AMC Gremlin. Yeah, they believe it or not, have parts for a classic AMC Marlin. Not even kidding. Maybe you want to go really old school and get parts for a 1940s Packard. Yeah, they have those too. Yeah, you can get parts for your Rambler Marlin or your 1940s Packard. Maybe you go for the one that's in the car museums. Maybe you go for, I don't know, I'm just going to go off the top of my head here because I, I do like classic cars. Maybe you want to go for the Caribbean car. Yeah, they have parts for that too, believe it or not. So if you're a classic car enthusiast or you just need parts for your current car, go to rockauto.com and in the how did you hear about us box, type in locked on. So tell them locked on sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the first intermission, I'm going to be joined by Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders to preview tonight's game. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And I have a special guest with me, which we will get to momentarily. But first, let's talk about DoorDash, where you can get all your favorite food right to your front door. Whether you're craving some jambalaya, some gumbo from Graham's Kitchen down in La Palma, maybe you want some Knott's Berry Farm food. I mean, maybe you could, I don't know, order something from your favorite restaurants in Orange County, DoorDash is the app for you. So go to DoorDash.com and in the promo box, you could enter promo code. I believe it's locked on NHL and you'll get five bucks off your first order of $15 or more. And best of all, zero delivery fees. So once again, that is DoorDash and use promo code locked on NHL to get $5 and zero delivery fees off on your first order of 15 bucks or more. And that is DoorDash. All right, with me today is someone whose team is still in it. There's three teams in it. There are the Dallas Stars, who are the Western Conference champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the New York Islanders. And he's been on this show before with Locked on Jeopardy. It is Gil Martin from Locked on Islanders. Gil, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> not too, It's smoky out here, so not too bad. Okay, hang be, in there. It could be worse. So, Gil, I have to defer back to uh, Locked on NHL last week where you were on with our good friend of the program, Sarah Avampato, and you made a prediction that you said the Lightning were going to win. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I, I looked up the rosters of the two teams, the talent, the depth, the size, the speed, and I know that 
on paper, at least, the Islanders are not as good a team as the Lightning. Obviously, hockey is not played on paper, so the Islanders certainly had a chance. And while I did pick the Lightning in six, I did say that none of the games would be easy, that it they would be a hard-fought series, and, and in that sense, a close series. Uh, the only game that's been the exception to that was game one, where the Islanders were just blown away. But uh, other than that, it's been a, a very tight series, and uh, the Islanders came up with that big double overtime win on uh, Tuesday to stay alive, and hopefully they can keep going as we head to game six on Thursday. Yeah, which will be later tonight. So let's talk about this series as a well, first off, I should point out that on this program, Sarah did pick the lightning. I'm probably the only person on the Locked On Podcast Network to pick the Islanders, and I have them in seven. Well, still a possibility, and and I hope you're right. I would love for you to be right. I hope I'm right, too, because I'm going to eat crow if Tampa Bay wins the whole thing, because early on in September, I said Tampa was going to choke at some point in the playoffs, and I'm kind of hoping this is it. But let's talk about the series first. Uh, Tampa Bay has looked pretty good. They've outshot New York for the majority of games. But talk about the series as a whole for a few minutes, if you can. Yeah, I mean, look, again, with the exception of game one, it's been a tight series. And, you know, so far they've played five games in three of them. The Islanders managed to play their style of hockey. They won two of those three games. Uh, One of them... You know, game two, I think the Islanders sort of slowed things down, played their more defensive, uh, aggressive forecheck, take away the other team's opportunities kind of game, uh, but still fell short. But overall, uh, except for game one, it's been very tight. Look, the, the Lightning are big, they're strong, they're talented, and, you know, their top line has been outstanding. Uh, You know, to me, the biggest difference, uh, two differences, really, in this series so far, Vasilevsky has been outstanding in goal for Tampa, and then the Islanders' power play has just been, let's just say, very inconsistent. Yeah, that's that's an understatement if there ever was one right there. (laughs) Um, Talk to me for a minute. So one player that I've loved watching a lot, and he kind of gets unnoticed, overlooked at times, um, I'm loving the play of Matt Martin for the uh, Islanders. Yeah, you kind of have a little... I heard something there. Tell us a little bit about Matt Martin. Matt Martin is, is kind of the ultimate team guy. And he, you know, fourth-line player, going to play somewhere between 8 and 12 minutes in a game. But, you know, he'll he'll be out on the ice for 10 minutes and he'll get 7 or 8 hits in, in a game. Five goals so far in these playoffs, which matches his entire total for the season. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, a guy who the goals that he scores are going to be important goals and clutch goals. And and they tend to be, you know, those dirty goals that you get right in front of the net on rebounds and deflections and screens and that kind of thing. Uh, He will a team guy through and through. And that fourth line that he's a part of, usually with Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck, although Sezikis is now out for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. But that fourth line sets the tone for the Islanders, the way they hustle, the way they forecheck, the way they play well in all three zones, the physical dimension that they add. There uh, it is. And, 
and they've been playing, you know, they've been pitching in with the odd goal as well throughout the postseason. So, uh, you know, Matt Martin to me is sort of like, you know, if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's uh, playing against your team in a series, by the end of the series, you can't stand the guy. (laughs) I love watching him play personally. I think he's kind of one of those glue guys like you mentioned in the past. Um, A couple other players that have been very impressive for the Islanders. And by the way, Great comeback for the Islanders in that game three. Cal Clutterbuck, you mentioned as being a great guy. But Matty Barzal and Beauvillier have been two other players that I've been very impressed with throughout this entire postseason. Yeah, I mean, Barzal is is probably the most talented offensive player that the Islanders have. And, and the amazing thing about it is, he, you know, he's, what, 23 years old? Yeah. He still hasn't really reached his... Uh, his prime and his peak quite yet. And it's been fun watching him develop over the past couple of years. The talent is there, one of the fastest skaters in the league. And you could see when he's on his game, he creates space for himself and for his teammates. He's got a good shot. He has to learn to use it a little bit more. (laughs) But, uh, you know, just one of those kids, like since he's come up as a rookie three seasons ago, it's just been a pleasure to watch what he can do and watch him develop uh, as a player. And and Anthony Bavillier, I think, you know, toward the end of the season, he really showed a little bit of a jump. And during the time when play was suspended because of the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, he said in an interview that he used that time to get stronger and to work out and to do different things to sort of prepare himself for the resumption of play. That's what you love to hear. Yeah, and and his game did take another step forward. So, you know, he, especially in the earlier rounds of the playoffs, uh, the play-in round against Florida and then against Washington and Philadelphia, he played a major role in the Islanders' playoff success. And, you know, when he's out there doing his thing, they have the the B&B line with Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, and Anthony Bavillier. That gives the Islanders, uh, you know, a great complement to the top line, gives them quality top six forward group and and Bavillier's improvement has been a big part of that. Folks, talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work and you know maybe we just lost our mojo. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. So with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. And this whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. So getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if approved, you'll get 15 bucks off your first order of ED treatment. That's get roman.com slash locked on nhl ed used to be tough to tackle but now there's roman complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it once again that's get roman.com slash locked on nhl you know i i still can't believe i'm going back to what you said a minute ago Matt Barzal is not in his prime yet. Can you imagine if he really slows down, works on his accuracy? Can you imagine how good he could be? 
Yeah, no, the the sky is the limit, and uh, I think I forget which broadcaster it was during uh, game uh, game five who said that he has the potential to be like uh, Dennis Savard. Yeah, uh, by the time he reaches his full potential, I mean that's high praise. That's a Hall of Famer. That's a guy who, uh, you know, made highlight reel plays and brought a lot of speed and energy and offense. And uh, if he could be. 85% of what Denny Savard was, he's in great shape. Then he's a Hall of Famer. Exactly. No doubt. Exactly. I mean, even Kenny Albert in round two had some high praise for Matty Barzal throughout, throughout the entire second round, really. And he, he's one of those guys, if the Islanders can lock him up for a long time, this team could be dangerous for years and years to come. It could be Dynasty 2.0. I know we're going really far by saying that. I mean, that's saying they're going to win four in a row again. I don't know if that's going to happen. No team can win four in a row again like the Islanders could. That was a dominant team. Right. But if you can keep that core young guys and watch them develop, as you said, then how far can this team go in 2021, 2022, even this year? This season is not over for the Islanders yet. They could come back. Absolutely. And look, you know, there are pieces in place for this Islanders team Look, there are some cap issues that they have to work out during the offseason, but because of COVID and the fact that there are no ticket sales now, uh, a lot of teams are going to be in that boat. But uh, you, you look at your your Barzals and your uh, Bavilliers and your Pelic, uh, and now you know they have Ilya Sorokin, the goalie that they signed from the KHL, who was considered by many scouts to be the best goalie outside of the National Hockey League. If he comes in and is as advertised next year, you, you've got the makings of a very talented team that has some young components and probably, you know, if Lou Lamorello can find the right tweaks to get him under the cap, they, they can be a co- competitive team for the next four or five years quite easily. All right, let's get down to it. Tonight is game six. What do the Islanders have to do to win game six? Well, obviously, you know, you start with goaltending. And then the other thing is uh, the power play has got to connect. Now, they did get a power play goal in game five, but they also, you know, on the power play, and this has been an issue really throughout this series, they keep the puck on the perimeter, mm-hmm. but they don't shoot. And then they're, they're trying to set up, it seems like, the perfect play and, the you know, make the perfect pass and get that open shot but they end up not getting very many shots at all on the power play and that is very frustrating to watch I mean while I'm on Twitter during the game and tweeting things out I have so many people saying just shoot the puck you know I mean uh, I I even had to use the this kind of sounds like the Anaheim Ducks in December and January when they were in the bottom two of the league in power play percentage and among the bottom five in shots per power play. So I totally get where you're coming from there. I understand completely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I even, uh, during game four, you know, tweeted out the old Gretzky quote, you don't score on 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when you get oh, that frustrated man. and you fall back on that quote, you know you're in trouble, you know. <laughs> when you quote Michael Scott from The Office, you know it's bad. <laughs> Quoting Wayne Gretzky, of course. There you go. So prediction time. Who do you have for game six? You, you know, here's the thing. The <laughs> Islanders, uh, 
they have the last change. Uh, I can't say home ice advantage, but they do have the last change. They are the designated home team. Uh, if Varlamov plays well and the Islanders continue to play the disciplined kind of hockey defensively that they played in game five, they have a, a, a chance to force a seventh and deciding game, a, a decent chance, pretty good chance to force that game. They're going to need to to do a few things better. The power play's got to be better. But what we saw in, in game five that was encouraging, you know, when the lightning are really on, they make these great passes that, and, and their transition game is so strong where they transition from defense to offense with a great stretch pass. And then they have a lot of room in the neutral zone. They gather up speed and you're back on your heels in your own zone. And then you're in trouble. And Victor Hedman has just been a beast. And, and when he gets involved offensively, it is very difficult to slow him down. Oh yeah. But in game five, the Islanders did a good job of not letting Tampa Bay get that speed and make that transition. Their four check was much more effective and they've got to be able to do that. I mean, Game one was the absolute opposite of that, where Tampa Bay was well, just at will. I mean, I think know. what happened in game one is New York looks tired. They yeah. they looked yeah, yeah. flat. I mean, Tampa Bay was already in Edmonton, so they had that advantage going. Right, and then the Islanders were just coming off the emotional seventh game. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> they, they definitely were uh, a little bit tired, maybe needed a little time to regroup. And, you know, and the one thing I said at the end of game one, you know, you could lose eight to two or you could lose two to one in in overtime. It's still only one game to none. And one of the big advantages that the Islanders certainly have, I mean, uh, not to to put down, you know, Coach Cooper in, in Tampa. He's an excellent coach. But Barry Trotz makes sure that this team is emotionally prepared. And, you know, when they stumbled in game one, yeah, they did lose game two. But game two, they played well, and they, they easily could have won that game. So, exactly. you know, they were ready. They didn't they didn't say, oh, my gosh, we're in trouble. Look at what they did to us. They, they came back the next game, and they were prepared. And, look, this is a determined team. It's a team that does not quit. And you have to respect, win or lose, the way this team has carried themselves and played up to, you know, beyond most people's expectations – and really, look, n most people didn't think they would beat Washington or Philadelphia and certainly not Tampa. And yet here they are with a chance, uh, you know, two more wins and they're in the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1984. So, hey, wait a minute. Uh, I picked New York. Well, uh, OK, <laughs> but, you know, as you yourself said before we started, uh, you know, taping, uh, you are the exception. So uh, yeah, I you know. Know. I'm the crazy one here. Watch me be right after all this. And I hope I am. I hope uh, you are, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously. Let's end on a lighter note before we wrap up. Um, so how did you like the celebration at the end of Game 5? At the end there with Varlamov pretty much sliding safe into home plate at the end. <laughs> that was like a combination of sliding headfirst into home and doing a belly flop into the pool. But I loved it. It was uh, it was classic. And, and it's one of those things, you know, it, it, it's already all over the Internet, you know, and, and I'm sure... Uh, we will see that, uh, you know, uh, on, on Twitter and on Facebook all the time uh, for the next couple of years because it, it was a classic celebration. I loved it. Absolutely. It was a classic game, to be honest. It was. It was. It was great hockey. It was entertaining. Uh, you're holding your breath. Uh, there's nothing like 
playoff overtime hockey. You're holding your breath every time the puck goes into your team zone. And, you know, then you exhale when your team gets it out of the zone. And, you know, try doing that for, you know, two almost two full periods or, you know, what was that uh, Tampa Bay Columbus game? Five overtimes. Five overtimes. Yeah. So uh, that's nerve wracking. And look, for the Islanders uh, in game five, that was the whole season on the line every time the puck yeah. went into the zone. So, yeah, you're holding your breath. You, if they took your pulse rate, they may send you to the ER. But that's that's the beauty of playoff hockey. There's nothing quite like it. And I'm kind of hoping that game six and game seven goes both into overtime. <laughs> oh, that maybe would be not, thrilling. Maybe not for your sake. <laughs> uh, Gil, where can everyone find your program and where can everyone find you on the socials? Well, look, Locked On Islanders, wherever uh, podcasts are found, and, and certainly always great to have people listening. And then you could follow the show at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me at, uh, at Ice Wars NYR VSNYI. As soon as I saw your tweet, when you retweeted the celebration, I was like, yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would be the one that'd be on it. <laughs> so once again, that's uh, Locked On Islanders. You got to check that out. Uh, Ice Wars, NYR versus NYI. That's the Rangers versus the Isles. Uh, yes. Pretty pretty fun rivalry back then. Yeah, it really was. And uh, I wrote a book called Ice Wars about that rivalry. It covers the whole thing from 1972 when the Islanders came into the league up until the, the modern era. And that was a, a labor of love for me and a lot of fun. And uh, if you're a hockey fan, or especially if you're interested in either the Rangers or the Islanders, there's a lot in there for you to to digest. Uh, I interviewed more than 50 people, uh, broadcasters, players, coaches, general managers, and uh, just loved every minute of it. So hockey fans, we're still technically under quarantine, and there is Kindle available. I'm sure there's Kindle. <laughs> so we're not going to go outside and exercise in the smoky fires. We have to stay indoors anyway. So if you're going to stay indoors you may as well read up on the Isles and the Rangers epic rivalry back then. So check it out. Thank you. And Gil, thank you for saving my butt on this one. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for yeah, having me. Because it's still very smoky out here. And we're just going to wrap up by saying you can hear my podcast, which is this one you're hearing now. If you can hear this podcast, then you can continue hearing the podcast. But make sure to rate, comment, and if you like the program, uh, sub subscribe. Please subscribe if you like the program. And if you did not like the program, then we are locked on Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and we are still sad that we got swept out of the qualifying round. <laughs> so there you go. Sorry, guys. Uh, Gil, thanks once again. Uh, what else did I not plug? Uh, oh, you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And you can email me if you have any questions at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And you get to quack with me on this one. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Uh, stay safe out there. Be kind to everyone. And ducks fly together. And Gil, this is the part of the program where you get to quack with me, a la All the right. mighty ducks. Quack, right. quack, 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 qu